Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. So each month on this podcast, we are talking about uh, some kind of Ignatian concept or principle. And this month being November, and also I think this time of year, it's fitting to talk about uh, gratitude. I think it's just naturally a time of year where we reflect on the past year and we spend time with family and with friends. Um, and I think gratitude kind of naturally wells up in our hearts. Ignatius said that uh, ingratitude is the biggest sin. So I think there's something to be said there to, to guide, guide our conversation. So joining me this month from our pastoral team is Maria Kressler and Father Bill Noe. So welcome to the both of you. And we can talk about gratitude from many different angles, including the Ignatian worldview. But I thought maybe to start off, uh, I've been recognizing how there are so many gratitude apps, and I've been hearing so many people, just even in the secular world, talk about the value of, of a, a regular practice of gratitude. And I've actually taken up the practice of naming three things that I'm grateful for from the day before I go to sleep at night. So what do you two think? Why do you think there seems to be this movement of gratitude in the culture at large? Without stating the obvious, <laughs> I think these last two years, I mean, I think if, if we're talking about this present day and this present time, there's just been a lot of what I would say soul searching going on over the last couple of years with the pandemic. And, and so with, with time, I think sudden time on our hands for reflection, almost forced upon us, um, we start looking for things. So whether you're looking for it in a spiritual sense or not, I believe we're trying to find ways to be happy if you are to find happiness in something. And I think, I think that is the easiest path, the first thing we go to is, well, you know, I don't have this, but I do have that. Like, you know, so you start to look at what you do have over what you don't have. And I do think that when you start to see that, um, their gratitude is what emerges. Well, you know, at, so for some people, it might, well, at least I still have my job for those who were able to hold on to it, or at least I still, so you start to see gratitude in those kinds of ways. Those are some of the big things some of the little things, though, I think is, you know, we compare ourselves to so many things to say that we're happy or not happy, what makes me important and not important. And, and when we stop doing the comparison, <laughs> we can start to see what we have and not just what we don't have. I think we were searching for it. And, and somehow that seems to be the thing that bubbles up. I appreciated the connection that Maria made between gratitude and joy. And I guess that really highlights for me why gratitude practices seem to have really taken off. Because I think that joy is a very scarce thing in our culture. And people are desperate to find joy. And I was thinking about this question and something that Pope Francis said in one of his encyclicals, um, Evangelii Gaudium. He wrote, sometimes we're tempted to find excuses and complain, acting as if we could only be happy if a thousand conditions were met. 
to some extent, he says this is because our technological society has succeeded in multiplying occasions of pleasure, but have found it very has found it very difficult to engender joy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think Maria has it exactly right. The connection between gratitude and joy. I was thinking also about a a great teacher on gratitude, Brother David Stendelrast, who wrote a great book called Gratefulness, the Heart of Prayer. And he takes up the question somewhere in his book, why are grateful people joyful? And the first answer he gives, well, we would we might suppose that they're grateful because they're joyful, because they find so many reasons, so many occasions of joy in their life. And he says the connection is actually the opposite. Um, it's the other way around, he says. They're joyful because they're able to be grateful. And what Maria was saying about the, the recent events and helping us to recognize that um, there aren't a thousand conditions. There may only be a few conditions or even, you know, ultimately maybe no conditions, but not as many as we think. I hear you both really speaking to the Christian paradigm of joy really having the last word. I was um, reading through a piece by Vanita Hampton Wright on IgnatianSpirituality.com, and she speaks not just of the joy, but also the dark moments too. She says, I don't believe gratitude is simply a smile through everything and ignore what hurts mentality. I don't believe gratitude looks at only what's going well. Rather, it bravely pauses and takes account of life, of everything going on, and chooses to say thank you for the whole of it. She continues and says that gratitude issues from a Christian worldview recognizes that there is always a much bigger picture than the snapshot the person is working from on any given day. The Christian sees redemption beyond whatever darkness we face right now. And I think there's something of of grace in gratitude. In fact, I think the words, uh, those two words come from the same place. We even the, the Spanish word gracias, right? Grace, thanks. We say grace before meals. There's a gra- there's a thanksgiving for all the gifts. And I and I also think that's probably why it's so central to Ignatian spirituality because the Ignatian worldview is that everything is gift. And so our natural response to those gifts is thanksgiving, is gratitude. Mm. I thought it was interesting last, um, the other night when I was teaching Ignatian Foundations, somebody brought up the question, we were talking about this, this characteristic of Ignatian spirituality and gratitude. And she, she, I think she had said something to the effect that she was talking to a cardiologist. And she said, you know, you know, what do you, how do you, what do you tell people who are, who are struggling in their lives physically or emotionally? And he, and he said, I tell them to, to write these, this practice that you just said, three things to be grateful for. And this is a cardiologist talking to patients, trying to get them to, to have a positive aspect, uh, way of thinking about their life and their day. Find three things to be grateful for. And, and he talked about it being, this doctor talked about it being his practice. And so it, it struck me, and I'm, as it struck her, I think, is, isn't this fascinating? You've got a medical doctor talking to you about a heart patient and really saying, find things to be grateful for. Gratitude is going to physiologically mm-hmm. 
will change you. And joy does come from that. It's a different set of, of, of experiences inside our bodies when we are grateful. And how can you even talk about gratitude without smiling? And there's a part of me that feels an almost an immediate sense of, you know, sharing some wonderful things that have happened. And it usually makes us smile. We did this morning as we prayed and shared in gratitude. And everybody's face was brighter and lighter because of even out of even when we were looking at things that might not have been always easy, right? To to the to Vanita's point was. I think you're right. Even this last year with where so many people had this sort of low grade anxiety and depression, it's so easy for us to see the negative and to see the things that we don't like in our life. So um, good for that doctor to encourage the practice of seeing the good things because there are so many more than we realize. Andy, one of the things you said touched a point on gratitude that is actually a difficult point for me when when you quoted Vanita as saying, thank you for the whole of it. Because I remember coming across something in a, in a book by Richard Rohr, his book on spirituality and the 12 steps, breathing underwater. He talks about being radically grateful. And I immediately felt inadequate hmm. because he says, he talks about being grateful for everything without exception. And for me, it felt like skipping over all of the work of becoming grateful. Because hmm. the fact is, right now, I'm not grateful for everything. I may never be grateful for everything. That seems to actually be beyond my scope for right now. Now, Richard Rohr has been at this a lot longer than me, so he's probably ahead of me on this. So maybe I'll grow into his radical gratitude, but I know I'm not there yet. And I mentioned Brother David earlier in, in a TED talk that he gave on gratitude, he said something like, well, I can't be grateful for everything. And he gave the example of cancer. I can't be grateful for cancer. But he, he suggested, I can be grateful at all times. There isn't a time when I can't find a cause for gratitude. So maybe I'm grateful for what God has done in my life or for the people who've been present for me um, while I've been dealing with cancer. And that felt more within my scope. And although he's a Benedict and frankly, more Ignatian, because it's in the detail of things. It's not a sort of um, overarching generalized gratitude. It's I'm grateful for this particular thing or these particular people or the way I was supported when. And you could almost draw a picture of it where if I tried to draw a picture of radical gratitude, I wouldn't know what to put on the page. Hmm. Yeah. I think what's radical is being grateful for those moments. And I, I've mentioned previously that I myself have in the last year or two been struggling with stress and anxiety that has its own physical manifestation. And I was on retreat a couple of weeks ago and I had this moment of gratitude for that struggle because what has been born from that is a mindfulness practice, gratitude practices, and a sense of God's caring. And I think gratitude naturally flows from a relationship of caring, but it came once I recognized 
the gifts that were coming out of this darkness and stress and that kind of thing. And so the stress and the anxiety paradoxically became a gift. And I think that's, mm. I wonder if that's what Roar is speaking about, because Roar does speak a lot about the importance of suffering. And it's always hard for me to hear that. I think you can only understand that once you've experienced and gone through some kind of suffering and recognize that the, that relationship of God's care in the midst of it. You're making me think of our foundation and principle or the principle foundation in that in these, you know, therefore I shall not seek health over illness oh. or success over failure because everything has the potential of drawing me deeper. And that's why I think this is where I think that gratitude. So for me, when you talk about difficult situations suddenly turning out to be grateful, I had many moments where I can look back and think, had that not happened, this difficult thing not occurred, I wouldn't be, I could almost argue, I wouldn't be right here where I am right now in this ministry, had it not, had not other things that occurred in my life that led me down path that at the time, no one would be thanking God for. <laughs> you know, they would be, and I think, I mean, to that point of the cancer that you were just bringing up in that, that analogy, like, I think, like, I, I would agree, I can't be grateful for my mother's cancer, but I can be grateful for what was born out of that relationship because of her cancer and that walk with her through it and, and to look back and go, thank you, God, for mom's cancer would sound insane to some people. And on the other hand, I could say, thank you for what what was born of it. And so, and, 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 and looking for it at the end of a day, trying to find, that's why this examine, I mean, again, the brilliance of our, of our, of our spirituality that, that calls you to every day, yeah. find that gratitude, even in the middle of whatever kind of sometimes seeming hell you're living in. I think one of the things that's hard for me to hear about, you know, I, I mentioned Roar's teaching about radical gratitude. Often we hear that teaching on this side of the transformation right. as an exhortation to be grateful for something that hasn't begun to show fruit yet. And I say, that's nuts. <laughs> and maybe in six months, I'm going to say, yeah, he's right. But right now I'm not saying that. So I think, it, I think one of the reasons that it feels like a stretch to me is often I hear it on this side of the transformation, not on that side. I think that's why Ignatius puts gratitude at the, be the beginning of the examine, because we don't often see the, the fruits or the gifts until we look backwards, until mm -hmm. it's after the fact. Absolutely. But isn't that, isn't that funny though, how we were, as we began this, you know, what, what helps us to live a more joyful life or a more uh, a happy life, if you will, it's, it's somehow noting the goodness of something, the, the gifts of things in our life. And sometimes those gifts are like running water, <laughs> like a shower in the morning. Like, like what are those things to be great? There's some things to be of which to be grateful for that we often take for granted. That, that sometimes it's, it's it, that's looking at, you know, the abundance of my life. So it, it's, it's really a hard thing because sometimes we want to go to those big, big places like the big questions in life. You know, why do these bad things happen to good people? Why do, why do these things? 
And that is very hard. I'm right there with you, Bill. I mean, I can, I can even tell you the time in prayer screaming at God like this, you know, where are you in this? You know, how can you be in this? And it is only in the after that I can go back and look and to your point, Andy, look back and look for the graces in it and look back and be grateful for something. But um, there, there's just two sides of that, though. When you're looking for something daily to look at, sometimes it's the smallest of details and the smallest mm. of things of life to be grateful for that I think is the practice that um, that helps a jo- make a joyful heart, makes a joyful life if we can, and, and does reduce some anxiety, puts things into perspective. That's the other thing. It's kind of like puts things into balance because when we mm-hmm. can get kind of, I call it going down a rabbit hole, not can go down fast. <laughs> and what's going to pull me out is saying something, seeing something positive, seeing something good to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. St. Paul emphasized the connection of joy and gratitude in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's almost, mm-hmm. it's almost like a commandment, and it's not one of the Ten Commandments, but maybe if we even connect it to the greatest commandment, loving God, neighbor, um, and self that how can we love God and neighbor if we don't ever express thanks, if we don't ever mm. express gratitude um, mm. and rejoice in that. Thinking about kids and, and I think Andy, you're in a place where you, when they're little, <laughs> they're always the ones that their expressiveness and their ways in which to help us see the small things of joy and delight the, the tossing up of leaves as I think of leaves. Mm-hmm. just like just to delight in the world and and you know I, I'm reminded often about yeah that children can help point for us sometimes what we need to see in the small gifts of life and of the day but it made me think also do you remember the stories of Pollyanna but you'll heard the phrases of Pollyanna always looking at something from the other side mm-hmm. trying to finding the great the gratitude you know like the cup that's not half empty, but half full. Like, how do we live a life from that idea of abundance rather than scarcity? And that, that whole idea of how do I mm-hmm. see something, you know? And I think about when kids break a toy or break something, and then, you know, immediately as trying to kind of see the good, like, oh, that's too bad. But look, now we have a this. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. might be something yeah. silly, but I've done it with my grandchildren who've come up and they've, they've been so upset about something that I cannot repair, but I immediately want to turn it into something else and they can see it. And they're, and they're with you. They're, they're, there's an openness to it um, mm. rather than, um, you know, despair. So, yeah. You know, gr- gratitude is, is kind of an abstract concept to teach kids, young kids, you know, like we, it, it sometimes I think becomes a, just a social norm where we say, what do you say? <laughs> say, thank <laughs> you. But this is why, like Sarah and I, we really try to have the kids name something they're grateful for every day so they can get into that habit and practice of seeing the gifts, of recognizing it. Last night, we were taking a little walk in our neighborhood, and our neighbor, one of our neighbors, was walking down the street with a box of cookies that he was just delivering to some neighbors. And he came across even Oscar and gave them each a cookie. And they were thrilled, right? And here I'm waiting. When are you going to say thank you? I didn't, I was trying not to say anything because you want them to internalize it. Right. And, you know, gratitude is a response to the generosity of the giver, not only seeing the gift, 
but seeing the giver. And I recognized that the kids could see the gift. Their response was welling up inside them. They were, they were grateful in their own way, excited. But now, you know, now you have to acknowledge the love of the giver, right? And I think mm. in saying thank you, we're also acknowledging that there's no truly adequate or equitable form of repayment, you know, to a, to a unique expression of gift giving. And there's some humility, I think, involved there that I'm not necessarily called to repay, but to receive, you know, saying mm. thank you to the giver is an act of reception of receiving the gift. Mm. Mm. There's a kind of vulnerability in that to, to be the one who receives. I think that's one of the reasons that in a time where vulnerability is, is sometimes abused or mistreated, gratitude is more important. A gratefulness practice is more important than before because we're in a whole bunch of different settings and conversations. We're on our guard. We can't afford to, to take the risk of being there to receive because um, we're not really sure what's going to happen. It is risky. But, you know, Ignatian spirituality is so much about response, right? The response yeah. to the gifts. That's really the principle and foundation. God is generous and gives us these gifts. Ignatius does begin with that sense of gratitude and gift at the beginning of the exercises, but toward the end of the spiritual exercises, he invites retreatants to ask for the grace for the gift of an intimate knowledge of all the things with God, which God lovingly shares with me. Filled with gratitude, I want to be empowered and moved to love and serve God. And so it's from this perspective of someone making the exercises, it's this final response after journeying with Jesus and witnessing the love and, and generosity of God. And so there's this sort of bookending of the spiritual exercises, and I would say the Ignatian tradition, with gratitude of seeing the witness of generosity and responding to that. That's a good description of Jesus's own life. So what it calls my attention to is that Jesus must have been the most grateful. And if Jesus shows God's heart, we must have a very grateful God. It was probably the most joyful too, because of that. Yeah. When you're saying that, I thought to myself, isn't it funny that it's secular? We'll bring that up. And but who are they? Who are they grateful to? Who is who is because we think of grateful to somebody or something like I'm so grateful mm -hmm. to whom? For what? Like um, this great, beautiful day or whatever. Where there's some in our world, it's very easy to say. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, for that. Because I'm a, a person who believes in this God creator. But I wonder, you know, when, when you're writing in a secular world in my gratitude journal, I'm just grateful to the world, too. Like, like or just living a sense of uh, an experience of gratitude. Is it a gift received or just an awareness of something good? Like, which is it, right? <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I'm grateful for a, a loving and forgiving husband when who puts up with me in, in a particular, I can be very grateful to him personally for that and thank him for the gift of himself to me. Um, 
I thank God for the gift of him in my life. <laughs> I mean, so there's, there's, yeah. a, there's so many different yeah. ways, but I, when, you, when you frame it in that, in the fact that there's gratitude apps and ways in which we're going, you know, where is that? Is it about how do we be, how to be happy? Is that really the question? Like in order to be happy, I have to note there are some good things happening in my life. So, I mean, it's, I think the point you're making Maria highlights for me how powerful gratitude is, because even if I'm not grateful to someone I can identify, that I'm grateful that something has happened in my life can be a transforming thing. Even if I never, even if I never recognize a personal God to whom I can be grateful for whatever it is, that mm -hmm. has happened in my life. But that I, just being grateful that can be transforming. And so that actually makes, makes me feel more at ease when I'm with people who aren't sure what they think about God, or even if they believe in God. I can rest easy knowing that, well, God is in relationship with them and not so concerned that they be grateful too, but hoping that they will be grateful that something has happened in their life. For many folks, especially during this time of the year, it can feel harder to give thanks, to express gratitude to family. Sometimes it's harder to love family than it is coworkers or friends or what have you. And I don't know if you two have anything to say about that, but I think this this time, because we were kind of talking about the difficult times and, you know, that radical gratitude, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time because it really stretches us to be great, to express very intentionally gratitude for those thing, things in our life that may not always be so easy. Thinking about gratitude in, in families especially when there are hard times, made, makes me remember a, a story from a Thanksgiving some years ago. My mom, somewhere along the line, had adopted the, the practice before Thanksgiving dinner of inviting us to name something that we're grateful for. Some of us would kind of roll our eyes at the practice sometimes, but this particular year was a hard year in my family because a close family member of mine had a stroke that year. And I remember we went all around the room and I think my mom was the last one. And she said something like, well, I'm grateful that when Brian had his stroke, he was at home so that somebody could hear him when he fell and get help because if he had been away, he would have died. And... That year, I had rolled my eyes at the beginning of the gratitude practice. But the whole sense of Thanksgiving changed that year. Because my mom was able to name something in a really hard time. And so it did. Yeah, something changed. Many thanks to you, Bill and Maria, for your um, insights and, and thoughts on this topic. Next month, we're going to talk about the Ignatian concept of finding God in all things. 
But to conclude, I just want to wish both of you and to everybody listening um, a very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. And with the words of St. Paul, let the peace of Christ control your hearts, the peace into which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Amen. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.